Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. As an attorney, your job is really to do whatever you can to cover up your client's weaknesses and make them look strong. The worst resumes, by the way, are the ones that make it difficult for the employer to figure out what it is you do exactly. But attorneys have to be one-dimensional. That's what clients expect. So I place patent attorneys all the time by doing that. So I look at who has similar issues, copiers, printers, et cetera, or patents, et cetera. And, and then just your experience there would make you much more valuable to a similar type of company than someone else. Okay, here's another one. Professional summary. Accomplished attorney with extensive experience providing legal and strategic counsel to business leaders, managing client relationships. It's got some broad ways of business policy and regulatory and identifies elements of process improvements. Okay, so all this stuff is just expected of a, an attorney. So it's not, and again, I wouldn't add, anytime you're writing stuff, it just sounds like what anybody else does. It's all this language is doing is, and again, everyone's doing this on their resume. So I just want to be very clear that you avoid this because you're taking people in different directions and people are trying to figure out what you do. The worst resumes, by the way, are the ones that make it difficult for the employer to figure out what it is you do exactly. Okay. So the person is listed all these bar admissions. So I'm assuming they're admitted in New York. So, you know, but you would just say New York. And then only reason you would say anything about the state of California, Connecticut pending would be as if you were trying to apply to firms in Connecticut. So a lot of times firms or people get, and you want to always spell the stuff out, but if, but you don't need to talk about being admitted in or pending in Connecticut, unless you're trying to get a job in Connecticut, you talk about New York. If you're trying to get a job in New York, but you, again, you don't bring up Connecticut because the idea if this person was, so you can see here, the person's currently working in New York. And so the problem with that is if they're trying to work in Connecticut, that then if they're trying to work in New York and they've taken the Connecticut bar, that's basically showing people that you're violating these rules. Will the person do the job long-term is probably not what's going to happen. They're more likely to be looking for a job in Connecticut at some point. And the New York law firms are going to be nervous about seeing that. Again, a lot of people, a lot of firms in New York want people to have Connecticut bar. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And there may be an explanation for that. But typically, you want to be very careful with that. Now, this person may have graduated. I don't know what date they graduated. If this is correct, we moved it around. But you need to remember that the rule is under five years, you typically will move this over five years, you move this all this stuff to the bottom. So you would move it right here. We just see here, down here, and then you go up and let's start looking at this resume. There's an awful lot going on. It's an awfully long resume. Okay. So the bar admissions, again, same thing. You would just put it down at the bottom. You would say admitted and you put it at the end. Putting it at the top just detracts from everything else going on. Okay. Let's see here. So this person is a, okay. I don't know who we've been. I'll just say that this person is at this firm. Represent regional banks and private real estate asset holders. So this person, again, they're telling you on um, the size client handle. Okay. So this person, this is good. So this is basically a real estate litigator and they're, and they're representing as a plaintiff. So this is actually very good. And this person, by the way, has suddenly made themselves replaceable because before that they were having, they may have, yeah, this is good. This person's a plaintiff's yeah, this person is a uh, litigator for real estate. So they're a plaintiff's litigation attorney, which looks like, let's see here. Whereas before there was all this other stuff going on. You can see here, which doesn't really have anything to do with what they're doing. 
Okay. Again, this may be more than what the person does, but this looks like the person is a, to me, looks like they're a plaintiff's real estate attorney. Now, if they're not, they need to fix that. But plaintiff's real estate attorney is something that's very marketable. And so they should talk about that, meaning they plaintiffs in real estate actions. So just something along those lines. And then you can put a lot of this stuff in here. Now, the problem is this person's had a eight-year career. So you don't need to say served as co-leader, one plaintiff negotiated. You, you basically want to talk in generalities about the person should be talking in generalities about the work that they've done and not necessarily talking about internal disputes. And I would be very careful about anything that detracts from that and just try to make it seem like you do one thing. So then you get into this. So let's talk about when this person went to law school. Okay, so there's a lot going on here. So all this needs to come out. Okay, Cornell and Washington Public Policy, I don't know what that is. Varsity baseball is good. Probably don't want to put fraternities on there. The reason fraternities don't belong in there is some people don't like fraternities. They might have been excluded or not like fraternity people. So you just need to be careful about that. This stuff all detracts from being a, a real estate plaintiff's attorney or whatever this person is. We'll figure that out in a minute. So that would come out. Community service, that's fun. But again, I would be very careful about that because it's detracting. I would, again, be careful about this. It's detracting from being that trial counsel. Okay, so when this person graduate? Okay, so this is the first job they had, which was insurance defense litigation, which is okay. Then this person went to, was a trial attorney here, which is okay. And, and then here, this person was also a trial counsel, which is okay. Okay, all these awards and things, again, they sound attractive to the person. You can put them on an addendum, but they're not necessarily related to anything to your litigation experience. Again, people are very excited about having their own businesses. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having your own business. I think a lot of people like that and are ha happy are excited to have had their own businesses. The problem with having your own business is we talked about here is, and again, this may be the maybe what you want to communicate, but anytime you you have stuff that's about not practicing law, it makes it look like things are more important to you than what you're doing. It also makes it look like you'll be difficult to manage and it makes it look like you have other priorities and all that sort of thing. So these are all, again, there's articles I've written and I'll try to put this in the, make sure I email this to everyone that's been on this call today, but that you need to make sure that you try to get things off your resume that are not detracting, that are going to detract from anything to do with what you're doing as a job. And this is a long-term job this person had. They, it looks like they, let's see here, they started a business license monitor. They was successful. Then they went and were general counsel of this company. And, and all this sort of stuff. But none of this, the problem is being a market innovator and, and all this sort of stuff is very difficult for to make it seem like you're committed to practicing law. I think you could just call yourself general counsel. It would probably be the smarter thing to do here. And then talk about litigation you did that's related to being a plaintiff's litigation for this position. And then all these other things that seem important to you, which are important, but they're not going to, they're not necessarily going to, they're not related to being a real estate plaintiff's attorney, which it looks like you're doing in, in your existing job. So 
you just have to be very careful. And everyone does this on their resumes. People are very excited about their experience. They're, they want to talk about them. They've done a lot of things that are very impressive. And this person has. But the problem is all of this stuff can... And again, this position, the person was co-founder and CEO of a business while they were working for a law firm as trial counsel. So you can see here these dates overlap. So the problem that law firms are going to think when they see this is they're going to be like, why would I hire even in-house companies? Why would I hire this person if they're going to go start their own business while working for me? So all this stuff is very good. There's nothing wrong with any of this. But the problem is in order to get a position, you need to look very focused on doing essentially one thing. And that one thing needs to be consistent. So if this person, I'm just telling you, if they just looked like they were just a plaintiff's real estate attorney, they would have people, they would get interviews with law firms. But now because of all this other stuff that they do, how is a law firm supposed to make sense of all these interests and things you have? It's important to understand that all these different things, it's just, there's just too much, there's too many things that this person's doing that are unrelated to to being just a real estate attorney. And as a general rule, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but attorneys are, have to be one-dimensional. That's what clients expect. They, they like people that are interesting, but they want people that are going to be able to concentrate on their issues and put their heads down and, and do one thing. And, and so that's the issue. And this person is very interesting. They're a former varsity person. They've started all sorts of companies. They've done all these things. And this is very good. There's nothing wrong with this. But this is not... This is an entrepreneur's resume to a great extent and could be a, a very good resume for a litigator. But the person needs to take, you need to, everyone needs to do this. And this is the last resume we have today, which is, and then we can go to questions in a minute. But every resume needs to make it look like you, you do one thing. And unfortunately, the message that I've given today, and it really is what it is, is that you need to, everyone needs to almost look to the extent you can, you need to look, if you want to work for a law firm and you want to work for other people, needs to look very one-dimensional in a lot of respects. And to the extent you don't look one-dimensional as someone that's committed to a practice area, the law firm is not going to want to take a risk on you because it's going to look like you can't be managed, like you don't want the job, like you won't stick around and, and that you're not like the people that are there because most attorneys have to put their head down and do one thing and concentrate on it. And that's what clients want too. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. One of the clues that I would give you, and these are just clues of you know, how to think about your resume. And it's important. I think everyone that's on this call, is, it's very smart that you're listening to this because it could change the direction of your career. But you, how to think about your resume is, would be like, what would you want if you had a serious illness? Would you want to hire a doctor with everything on your resume? Meaning, would you want to hear how the person was accomplished in 15 different things and how they started their own business and did that for a while and how they were running their own business while they were working in a law firm, how they've done all these community service things and how 
they are a triathlete and you have to ask yourself that. And so would you want to hire that person if you were very ill? The odds are you would want to hire someone that was committed to doing one thing, right? Someone that was doing one thing and did only that. Brain cancer, think about that. Brain cancer, or I'm just giving you examples, or broken, you know, unable to walk. I don't know, going to walk because of nerve damage or something. You have to think, would you want your attorney or would you want your specialist to be like that? Or if you were committed, if you were accused of a serious crime, would you want your criminal attorney, attorney to look like you? And then finally, if you were a law firm with an opening, would you want to hire someone like you? So just think about it that way. If I was a law firm with an opening, say I had an opening for a plaintiff's real estate attorney, and I saw this resume, I would be very excited when I read this stuff about the person doing all this stuff as a real estate attorney. I would not be excited when I read the professional summary areas of expertise, but I would be excited about this. And then when I started seeing this person was a strategic advisor and a consultant and a general counsel of Glamour Mom, which I don't know what that is, but, and then did all these awards for things unrelated to real estate. And I, everything I looked at was unrelated to real estate. And then I got down to, wow, 2002, then they were doing some trial work again. Then I would be excited, but, and then I would see all these other things happening and I would not be excited. So you just need to think about it that way. You have to think about what the employer wants. And so what an employer wants is they want to look at your resume and they want to see if you can do, if you look like you're someone that would be good to hire to do one thing. And, and this person as well, this is a very good patent prosecution resume, especially if a law firm needs someone with experience working on copiers or printers or doing patents or something related to that. But the more you get into other stuff, the more it detracts from that. And so that's a big thing, I think, with all these resumes we've looked at today is everything needs to really come into a focus of what one thing is. And very few people do that. And that's the problem. Like you have to, everyone is very proud of all the different types of work they've done. But you can see here, the one resume that we looked at, where the person probably has two houses is the best one, is the only one that's focused on one thing. And, and so that's really your goal here. And then this one too is interesting. This could be a real estate resume. And that's one thing. So every resume, unfortunately, and I know people don't like hearing this, but needs to look at like the person wants to do one thing because that's who you would want to hire if you were a law firm. And so you can see here, the only, the biggest exercise that I've done today for everyone here is just showing you that your resume to the extent possible just needs to focus on doing one thing. And if you don't focus on doing one thing, then you're going to be, have a very difficult time getting positions because no one is going to hire, no one wants to hire someone that's a jack of all trades. It's just, it's very difficult for them to do that because there's, they have no box to put you in. They don't know if you're going to stick around. They don't know. They just don't, they need, everyone needs experts and people that are committed to doing one thing. And so you may be interested in a lot of things, but that having that interest, a lot of cases is going to hurt you. So the box they're putting you into, so just, I want everyone to understand the boxes that are going on. So Law firms are putting you into boxes, employers into boxes. And the first one is going to be your practice area. They need to absolutely be able to put you into a box. So it can be a big it can be a big box or it can be a small box, but they absolutely need to put you into a box. It has to be the smaller, the better. So the smaller, the better. It's just all there is to it. So that they need to be able to put you into a box. If they can't put you into a box, 
that's a problem. So they need to be able to put you into a box for a practice area. And then if they can do that, which very few people, by the way, ever get past that. So this is why and you wonder, people say, oh, the market's bad. The market, there's all these problems in the market. No, there's no problem with the market. The problem, and again, I'm not trying to be mean here, but the problem in a lot of cases is you. It's you not having the interest in giving law firms a choice. Because when you look at openings, all most openings are asking for someone with experience in one thing, not 10 things, not five things, one thing. And that's it. This is more important than where you went to law school. It's more important if you want to get a job. It's more important than anything. The second you start putting stuff on your resume that has nothing to do with your practice area, it makes it look like you're not interested in that practice area or interested in other things. You're in trouble. That's just how it works. Now, you may be in the wrong practice area at the wrong time, like trademark right now is slowing down, corporate slowing down. But if you're one of those things, you can always get a job somewhere in the country. It doesn't matter if you're a divorce attorney, if you're a patent attorney, if you're a trade, whatever your practice area, if you are able to do one thing and focus on it and make your resume look like that and like you're interested in it. So it needs to, your experience needs to show it and your interest need to show it. And if your interest and experience doesn't show it, you're in trouble. That's all there is to it. It's not, it doesn't matter where you went to law school. It doesn't matter anything. That's the most important thing. Your practice area needs to be definable by your resume or your interest in a practice area needs to show it. And then the type of client you represent also needs to be discernible. And I'll put this link up here, but do you represent small? Do you represent individuals? Do you represent, what do you represent? Who do you represent? So, and that the law firms need to be able to understand that if they can't understand the type of client you represent, then you're actually in, in quite a bit of trouble because is it large clients? Is it small clients? Is it, they need to be able to understand that. So then you understand the type of client you represent. And then the other boxes they're putting you into, just this is what every employer does. They're going to put you into boxes based on whether or not they think you can be managed, whether or not they think of all these other things. So let me just put this up here for everyone. So the, these are additional boxes. Can you do the job? That's basically your practice area and client type. So the practice area, if that matches, you're okay. So if you worked at a big firm representing big clients and it's a big firm with big clients, that's fine. You can do the job. But then can you be managed? Do you have a bunch of stuff on there? Is there a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff that makes you look independent? So they're asking that. And you can see that with all these resumes that we've looked at. There's all this stuff where this person's a co-founder of this and all this stuff. Does the, can you be managed? Is there stuff that makes you look too independent? If so, how does that help the firm? So it better help the firm if you look independent. And do you want the job? Meaning, does your past experience make it look like you want the job and need the job? And so just real briefly, like, how does that work? So if somebody really wants the job, typically what happens is they might be at a smaller firm and this firm's a bigger opportunity in their practice area, or the person's always worked in law firms. And because they've always done worked in law firms, the odds are that they really want it, all these sorts of things. Long-term, meaning does the person, does it look like this is what the person wants to do? And do they stick around at jobs? How do law firms ask that question? Or does it look like the person wants to do? If they went in-house, probably don't want to work in a law firm. If have other interests that aren't compatible, own business, all that kind of stuff, not compatible, that's going to hurt you. 
And then, then the final one is, um, do you know, and then I think you guys can, everyone and girls can see the idea here. And then do we like the person? Are you signaling on your resume, which side of the fence, Democrat or Republican, I don't know how to say it, or left or right, you're on. And if you are, you know, why? You may want to do it. Again, it's, it's okay. There's law firms, for example, in Washington, D.C., that do nothing but represent different political parties. And so that's actually great, or that are well-known as being, but you have to signaling, are you signaling on your resume what side of the fence you are on and what other things would make law firms like or dislike you? So is it smart to put a fraternity on there? I don't know. You have to ask yourself. And then some other things that we saw today, just will the person do the job long-term? Why did the New York attorney take the Connecticut bar if applying to firms in New York? That would be a question. So these are the sort of questions that law firms are all asking. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. So I'm going to take a quick break, just like one or two minutes. And then when I come back, I will answer anyone's questions and about this stuff. And this is a lot of information I know to cover. I hope it's been helpful so far. And it's there's just a lot of stuff going on here in terms of how you have to look at your resumes. And I'm sorry that there's so many so much information. I wish it was easier. Just keep in mind that the information that I am giving you is based on reviewing thousands of resumes and just seeing what works and doesn't work. I have a real incentive, obviously, to see resumes that work because because of what I do for a living. And I can tell you that most resumes that violate these jobs, violate these rules, typically don't get interviews. And the ones that follow them do. And the good news is that most of the time you can make your resume so it actually follows these rules and gets jobs but very few people do. You have to just remember that it's more about the law firm liking your resume than you liking your resume. So you do have to, and it may sound like dumbing it down, it may sound like sublimating all your experience and the things that you like for your resume, but you're not going to talk about if you like to go out drinking in bars three times a week, you're not going to, even though that's a very important part of who you are or what you like doing, and there's nothing wrong with that, that you're not going to put that on your resume because you know it's going to turn off employers. It's the same thing with putting on irrelevant practice areas or irrelevant experience. You should think the same way because it's, in a lot of cases, it's not as bad, obviously, but it's going to make it difficult. And everybody needs to be able to put you into a box, whether it's a recruiter or a law firm or whatever. And when I look at resumes, this is really the only thing that I'm concerned about is how focused the person's resume is on one thing. And most people are able to do that, but if you follow these rules, but very few people end up doing so. I will take a quick break. I'll leave this up. 
But again, these are some resume rules. I'll probably turn this into an article at some point. But just remember that law firms hire specialists and not generalists. And there's, you need to be careful about listing all these law school and college activities on your resume. It's usually unrelated. So these are all the ones we came up with last time. The biggest piece of advice too is that law firms don't like dabblers. They want people that are committed to one thing. It's the same thing if you were hiring an attorney or you were hiring a, a doctor. You would want someone that hasn't done 15 different things that would turn you off. If you went into a doctor and you had, for example, a very serious skin condition and the doctor talked about how they were really interested in children's pediatrics and they thought about being an orthopedic person and then they went to ortho, I don't know, they got a, did a fellowship for it. We talked about everything else besides what you were interested in or what your problem was, you would run for the hills. That's the same thing that law firms do. And then a lot of times, the other thing that I've just noticed with a lot of resumes today is people are putting stuff on their resume that kind of makes them look weak. So if you've had a solo practice for 10 plus years and you've only collected a million dollars as a plaintiff's attorney for your clients, that doesn't help very much. So you need to do that and then really figure out really the best way to make your yourself that. And then one of the other things I just recommended, a lot of these resumes, when you saw the summaries and things were written, they talk about how great the person is and your resume should allow people to reach those conclusions. You shouldn't tell people how to think. And most of the time when people say how great they are, it's often that the opposite is that it's just you want people to reach those conclusions on your own. And then the final thing I think that that I haven't talked about yet, but most of these resumes that we looked at had lots of grammatical problems, spacing issues, which you can even see with this article that I have here. And you, everyone needs to run their resume through Grammarly or ProWritingAid. And, and because if you don't do that, then there's going to be errors and law firms will look at your resume and based on how you write your resume, will reach conclusions about how well you're able to do that. And the final thing I would say is everyone who's watching this and, and has been here today for this, it's very smart because you're learning this stuff and you should learn this. And I realize there's not a lot of people that teach it, which is unfortunate, but as an attorney, your job is really to do whatever you can to cover up your client's weaknesses and make them look strong. And so if you have a, a case for anybody, whether it's a, you have to be able to get them good results. And so you need to be able to do that for yourself. And so you need to learn how to minimize your weaknesses and how to bring out your skills and how to have a co coherent case that represents one thing and not 15 different things. And a lot of the problems with the resumes are that they're not going in any direction. They don't allow people to conclude that this person is a really good real estate finance attorney. The, the only one we saw today, our real estate plaintiff's attorney, the only one that we saw today that really did that was the one, the person that did auto dealer compliance. Like that resume was the only one that really did that. And then we also saw the University of Virginia graduate that looked like a litigator, but most of the resumes are going in a bunch of different directions and that's why they need help. And so your resume really needs to go in one direction and then the better it does that, the better off you'll do. I'll be back in one minute and then we'll, I'll answer some questions today and then, and then we can get out of here. So no, just one minute. Thanks. Oh, and then just real quick, if anybody didn't have their resume reviewed today, we do these, they're done every quarter. So they're always at the beginning of the quarter. So this is the beginning of the second quarter. So we will do another one of these, obviously the beginning of next quarter too. And then I think what we'll also do next week, so we can do, we'll do, we also do a cover letter workshop. So the cover letter workshop will be, I think next week. So I'll send around an invite for that as well. Okay, so let's go to the Q and A. Wow. There's a lot of questions. 
Okay, someone said, will we get this document? Yes, I will. I will send to everyone that was on the call, send the resume stuff about that. So here's the first question. This is actually a good question. So what are some tips for attorneys looking to switch practice areas and how can they effectively talk about that in their resumes? Let me just give you one second. Okay, so switching practice areas is very difficult and there's a lot of reasons for that. And it's certainly possible to switch practice areas, but if you want to switch practice areas, your resume needs to give the impression to give the impression that there's a reason for a law firm to take a risk on you. So the idea, and this is for a law firm, what is it about, about you that makes a law firm, that would make a law firm, law firm want to take a risk? And what is it about your background that would law firm want to take a risk? These are big questions. And, and so in order to, to answer that, you know, what I would say that I would, my, my question would be, what is, why would a law firm take a risk? And so the, here's the reason. So the first reason that a law firm would take a risk is if your qualifications, general qualifications, general, are much larger, are much better, I'm sorry, than the attorneys in the firm. So what does that mean? So if you're a, say you have working huge firm and great schools or something, and you want to do, this is very common, you want to do environmental law, you have to find a firm that's going to take a chance on you. So many times, only firms that would be willing to take a chance on you, I'm just saying you know, how that works, only firms willing to take a chance would never be able to find someone like you otherwise. Meaning, what does that mean? It means they're in a weird location. So it'd be like one example would be a woman that I know that was working in Palo Alto for a huge firm to Bakersfield to do environmental work. And this is a true story to someone I know very well. And she was able to get a good job doing environmental law after being patent, which is just crazy. So Palo Alto Bakersfield, 50% salary cut, salary cut, massive prestige, massive decline in the prestige level of the firm going from a five rank to a three or something along those lines. That's the other way. Or so that's one way. But the other way to do it too, which I think is actually very important, is there are other ways to do it. And so one of the ways a law firm would be is if you had a previous interest in something, interest. So one example would be if you were a nurse in before law school, took a bunch of healthcare, I don't know, and then went into another practice, went into a corporate it would stand to reason that you would be interested in healthcare or medical malpractice. And, and so you can often get a job that way. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.